Join Ian Garnick as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right, we're going to talk about why LinkedIn is still working, especially for outbound sales. We're going to talk about cracking the code of waking up to booked sales calls with Rob Hoxine. Rob, say hi. Hey, guys. <laughs> and we're talking about how he finds the smallest hinge that swings the biggest doors. $2 million recruiting opportunity he generated through LinkedIn. Getting 20 deals in the first month. Setting up six-figure deals through LinkedIn. How to ask the right way in a sales conversation. And we're going to answer the question, do you have an emotional problem preventing $10 million in sales? Uh, how you can turn around LinkedIn spam into becoming your be best educational source, systematically building trust, especially using video, my favorite topic, the greatest way to build trust, the process of becoming part of uh, they, how they become part of your system and where campaigns fail. And there are four simple secrets to great LinkedIn campaigns and outbound campaigns. And the, this really cool methodology that he uses that's super easy, but it's a big turnaround to book more sales calls today. All this on the Garlic Marketing Show. But before we get started, of course, it's brought to you by videocasestory.com. One of the best things to use in outbound and all throughout your marketing are your customer stories. And we've got 13 ways to generate more referrals and leads. Go to videocasestory.com slash big fish to land more of those fish in your barrel. All right, let's get started. So Rob, before we get started, how did you get into outbound marketing? Oh, man, that's a great, great question. This was like a scratch your own itch type of Genesis story. I started out like a lot of entrepreneurs in sales. And obviously, I was just pounding the phones every single day, like most entry-level salespeople. And that, I think, has a, what's the, how do you say it? It's got like a, like, reach like a, a point where you just don't want to do that anymore, especially as you evolve from sales and turn into a business owner and actually start running your own business. Then you really don't want to do those things. So the dream for me was always like the dream for any salesperson would be, what if I could just build an automated system and come in every single day? And I would have appointments on my counter who were actually like high quality, great appointments that genuinely wanted to talk to me. That's the utopia, too good to be true universe. And that, but that was what I was just like 100% driven and committed to building. And lo and behold, <laughs> I figured it out and we cracked the code and we were able to do it. And for a long time, I just did it to get myself meeting and to get my, my self appointments and sell services. But eventually it occurred to me like, this is a great service to sell. This is a great service to offer. And we started offering to clients and the feedback has been incredible pretty much since we started. Nice. And you work in a lot of industries, but it's mainly B2B, correct? Yeah. So as a company, we have two sides. We have a B2C kind of inbound marketing side, and then we have a B2B outbound marketing side. So what I lead and I run is the B2B side. And it's and we really pretty much are, we work with B2B companies, predominantly service companies that sell the generic term high ticket, but high value services. I love that. And, off, and oftentimes we find that they're the types of companies that are in really competitive industries. Then it's not like the one of a kind SaaS tech company where nobody else has the platform. The guys who work with us is, okay, I'm a recruiter or I'm a video company like yours. 
where it's, okay, there's a lot of other people who do what they do and there's a lot of competition and it's really hard for me to get high quality sales meetings consistently. Yeah. And it, I feel like it's an important thing, like inbound works to a certain extent. And like what we do helps, it complements what you're doing. I don't think, I don't think you can completely get rid of marketing. You could, but, and you can't, I don't think you really can grow a B2B company without some sort of outbound platform to a certain extent, unless you have something crazy unique, like you said, Kenya. Yeah. I'm a, honestly, just as a marketer, like you, like I'm just a diehard believer in all marketing. I think that you want to look for the hinges that sw- the smallest hinges that swing the biggest doors. Mm-hmm. And I think that oftentimes outbound can very easily be that for somebody, but inbound can too. It's really company specific, but always the ideal scenario would be a combination of both because they are synergistic. And if you're consistently doing outbound and you have uh, a strong inbound strategy and presence, you're going to get a better ROI actually on both strategies and channels simultaneously. So they help each other out. Oh, hundred percent. I see this all the time because it's like, also if someone doesn't have that sales on the, like we do a lot of inbound, if they don't have any type of sales on the inside of that, it's it like we had one client we got 400 and some leads for and he closed 10 of them and they were great leads like highly qual i was going through them highly qualified leads because they don't have a strong sales component inbound you you've it's been working tell me about some of the success stories because we are doing some of the case stories but got there's some amazing ones but i want to hear from you about some of the case stories so yeah, I'm trying to think of what a really good one would be. So I just got an email yesterday, actually, from a recruiter who's a client of ours. And he was just giving us some feedback of here's the activity that we've gotten. And I was going over it. It was just amazing. And probably the past four months, he's got a CEO search, a COO search, meaning he's got clients who he's placing a CEO as a role for, a COO as a role for. He's got, he placed a senior level software engineer, and then he got, and then he got two monster opportunities. So one of them is like a government contract, actually, that this company received, and they've got $2 million to put towards hiring of something like 50 to a hundred roles. Wow. So $2 million opportunity came in off of cold outbound. Didn't know the guy, <laughs> hit him up on LinkedIn. And next thing it's about as good of as it would be, it'll be the biggest deal he's ever closed in his 20 plus year career. So that's monstrous. And then the other one, I can't remember the details around, but it was a, it's a really rapidly growing company. I, I, they're doing a few million dollars, but they received investment and they have kind of like a game plan to run towards the hundred million dollar mark, which is going to require a lot of roles filled. That's just, three, four months worth of a campaign and it's driving, he's got multi seven figure opportunities. And then he's already closed six figures and opportunities. That's a great example in a highly competitive industry. And right now what a lot of people would consider is a tough economy. Those are, it's a beautiful example. That's amazing. And you've worked with it companies too, right? I we think love. that's a huge opportunity, right? For it companies. Yeah. So it's funny because when we started doing it campaigns, we didn't know that like, apparently what I've learned now is that there's like this, a little bit of a stigma around the industry as being like really challenging to have a lot of success in terms of gener- generating high quality leads. So 
I didn't know that. And so we just approached it like we would approach any client. And we, you know, we have a due diligence process. We interview our clients. We have them fill out a questionnaire. We try to go deep and really understand, okay, what is your core value proposition? How do you differentiate within your industry? What makes your business unique? We like to understand how, how do your clients, how do you want them to view you? What do you think? Are there any kind of types of like biases they have about people who sell in your industry? So I like to just try to understand the context of the overall selling environment before we build the campaigns. And then we take that in, we kind of, uh, and we also we're really big on, cause we want it to sound authentic. We really are big on, okay, what's like the language you use as the client when you speak to your ideal prospects. So then we take all that, we kind of have our formulas for here's what works and here's what doesn't work. We put it together. We did this for the IT guy, put together and boom, like right out of the gate. I think the first month of the campaign, he got over 20 positive replies. And now he's just a few months in and he said he's closing his first six figure deal right now. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and then we've worked with a, a bunch of other tech and IT companies actually, but this guy is like a, just a core IT MSP, very kind of typical type of IT company. Now, before we get into like the idea and the thought process behind this, I want to, because at this point, a lot of people, and I'm seeing this a lot, outbound slash LinkedIn outbound, cold messaging. It bothers me. It doesn't work. I think that's head trash because, and we talked about it too. I'm like, don't you need to warm up? Don't you need to be kind to the person? But it's not the fact, is it, right? It, you can, you should be asking for the sale right away. Yeah, so this is a, it's a really interesting conversation. And like you said, like we talked about this. So when we started running your campaigns, you were like, hey, should we do a softer ask? Should we start more conversationally as opposed to just going straight for, hey, let's have a sales call, essentially, right? Yeah. And we have that conversation a lot. And there, there are cases where you can do that and that can work and that can be the case. But ultimately, like I said to you is there's a bunch of people out there right now who are literally like they're ready to buy exactly what you sell. And if it's communicated to them appropriately and professionally, and uh, if it's pre-framed the right way to make them feel like, oh, so this is a great one to make them feel like they could potentially trust you. So this is what I say. Typically, when people do cold outreach, the whole objective is to, obviously, it's to start a sales conversation. But how you do that is you make people feel like they could potentially trust you. So the problem is that when most people send cold outreach, if you said, hey, what's the level of trust on a scale of one to 10? Most people are at like a negative five. You get the (laughs) message and you're like, no way. I don't trust this person. There's nothing trustworthy about them. And I could go into the layers about all the reasons why that is, but there are a lot of reasons why that is, obviously. And so our whole philosophy on trust is doing cold outreach, you're never going to get to a 10 out of 10 on trust because they have no reason to actually trust you. But if we can just build a communication sequence that can get you to a two or a three on the trust scale, you literally receive results three, five, 10, 20 times greater than the average because they feel like, okay, maybe I could trust this guy enough. I'm willing to jump on a sales call and talk and you're tapping into a portion of the market that already wants to buy what you have. And so now they're ready to go when you actually talk to them. Yes, 100%. And what I found too is that like the 
we I'll be honest, we didn't get a flood of calendars, but every person I talked to, it's like we we talked to three people when we sold two and we have a follow up with one on the first call. Yeah. On the first yeah. call. And I'm not talking about selling a five hundred dollar deal. It was a five figure deal on the first yep. call. Um, and, yep. and fair play to my team. We warm them up after we get the appointments. We send over some videos of how this all works. We send over examples of it working well. And then we have, a, I would say, a pretty good offer that we've had other people look at. So it's not like you're like, hey, do you want to buy this? But the call's been great. It's a great conversation. Um, I, I've had some people that were frustrated that I, oh, I don't usually accept people. And then you give me a sales call, pitch right away. I'm like, LinkedIn is about business. And this is a sales platform. We all are trying to sell something, right? <laughs> yeah. So two things about that. One is I'll say this. Um, you are actually early in your campaign and your activity will probably double, triple, quadruple, and you'll still see that same quality. So once you, that, that will be amazing to see, but obviously like for just having those two sales right out of the gates in the first 30 days, yeah, that's incredible because people run campaigns for months and don't see a sale like of that size. Yeah, exactly. I'm very happy with it. And that's why I brought you on because I think it works. Yeah. And I've been thinking about this a lot too. And because as marketers, we talk about warming things up and I do have other campaigns that yeah. warm up and we've had a ton of leads and I've spent so much time and we're, we're overall slightly below break even over the course of a dollar for dollar over the course of six yeah. months. And yeah. that's not good. And, and, yeah. and I've had tons of conversations. And no sales. Whereas with this, if I'd rather have two sales conversations that are ready to buy than 200 conversations that are thinking about it. And because it's from time, from time spent, it's a huge difference. And eventually, a lot of those people will be ready to buy and they'll remember what I sell. It, on, on a side note, complete side note, you know, and I've completely, I always forget about this. I used LinkedIn in 2005 or 2006. To almost sell a nine-figure building, a hundred million dollar building in New York City to an insurance company by doing that, just being like, "Hey, are you in the market for real estate in New York City?" And the That's one amazing. And the one person said, "Yeah, we are." And I forgot about that. Um, yeah. And like it was September because it was September two thousand seven. They came over, looked at the building, and then a week later, the the credit default crisis started. So <laughs> it was not the best timing. But, That's the timing thing. But and you generated I, the lead. You generated the lead. A nine-figure lead, right? And yeah. and just being consistent about this, I think it's fantastic. It's like you said, being professional, but still asking for the sale. Because I don't. Yeah. I, I think everyone's afraid to ask for the sale these days. I I agree, and I think it's just what I, like what I said to you is there's a percentage of people who are ready to buy your services right now. They're in they have some form of pain or they have some sort of challenge, and they need exactly what you have. Why not focus on the low hanging fruit first, and then once you have a successful campaign, booking meetings with people that are ready to buy. Now, if you want to basically target a broader segment of the market that's like further up the funnel. Okay, cool. Now build additional campaigns and start to talk to those people and build up these conversational value add types of campaigns. So now you're proactively warming people up and you're expanding market share while you're actually closing sales on a weekly or monthly basis. 
Yep. So I, I totally agree, but, but um, that's just amazing that you teed up a nine figure deal. I think you've actually outdone me. I don't think I teed up a nine figure <laughs> deal. <laughs> that's incredible. It, to, it, there was a benefit because it was like 2006. And when you got a LinkedIn message, it was like everyone read every LinkedIn message because you got yeah. four of them <laughs> ever. <Yeah. laughs> it, it was like getting an AOL mail in 1995. Oh my God, yeah, I got mail. An, you were an early adopter. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. It works. It's like you said, if people, everyone has a need in business. And it's just, if you put the right, and I've seen a few of these, and I, and I think also, not only should people be asking and using a service like yours, but when someone reaches out to them, they should be paying attention to what they're doing and what you like and don't like about it. Because it, I think when people mentally say this doesn't, or this frustrates me, they are also holding themselves back. Don't you, do you, you know what I'm saying? Because it's all oh, this person is frustrating yeah. me. Oh. Totally. I think there's, I think there's a couple points to that, but ultimately as a business person, I don't think you should be like so emotionally tied to strategic objectives, right? It's almost, Oh, I personally don't like it when people reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's okay. If you could do $10 million off of sales using cold outreach on LinkedIn, would you personally have a problem with an additional $10 million? <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I just don't, I, I don't relate. And, it, and it's funny too, because Oftentimes you'll see people who get irritated. Like I, I had a guy respond to me like, how the hell did you get my contact information this past week? And it was funny because when I looked at his profile on LinkedIn, he's a, a CEO of a business and everything in his profile was about like strategically growing revenue, hitting sales targets. And I'm like, dude, you're like the spinning image of like the sale, like the, you know, like the revenue grower, business grower, salesperson. And you're getting irritated that somebody's essentially cold calling you? Come on, man. That's classic business, cold calling. It's like it's as good as it gets in sales. It, it's necessary. And it's, hey, you do you have this problem? I've got a solution. And it, I think back to listening to audio, audiobooks in New York and listening to Zig Ziglar talking about it. Is if you don't ask for the sale, you're a professional conversationalist. You're not a professional salesperson. <laughs> Yeah. Uh -huh. That's so funny. You brought, you're bringing back like the old guys. Yeah. I used to read Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, even like the old Dan Kennedy stuff. When you, when you're a, when you're a marketer and you're an entrepreneur and you're a salesperson, and unfortunately most of us are all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> like you just, I think like you said, I think you should have some appreciation for it and there's never any reason to get irritated by it. And I think that you should have a student's kind of mind so if you are seeing, or if you feel, hey, this is really annoying, all these people are reaching out to me on LinkedIn, one, that's a sign. If a lot of people are doing it, it's probably a sign that people are making money on it. It works, one. And then two, now given that context, let's look at these messages. What are these people doing? Is, or, do any of these things look like they could work? What can I learn from this? Because I think that's how I approach everything. Anytime I'm seeing marketing that I think is decent, I'm trying to notate. I'm trying to learn from it. And, and, and I think that it's a really, I don't know, I mean, the best way to say it, it's like a really inexpensive way to, to learn and make money is just by paying attention to what you're getting, trying, what people are trying to sell you and how, what their process is for doing it and evaluating that and trying to determine if that's a good fit for yourself. Yeah, it's funny. My my wife hates it because anytime we're on vacation and someplace that there's timeshares or whatever, and those timeshare people hit you up, 
I go to, I, I'm signing up for all of them because I'm like, I want to go watch what they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, that's they're great. It's, it's the hardest sale in the world. And they, these guys are experts. If you watch them, I'm like taking notes. I'm like, I actually, when we did buy into a vacation club and I'm like the part of the criteria, I'm like, I need all your sales materials. And I got like the, their sales materials because that is I, amazing. It, Cause I'm like, this is fantastic. You guys are great. And I want to learn, but you, to your point, it's like, this is such, you can get up, you can get frustrated about it or you can, that's just great advice. Get frustrated or learn. It, yeah. You can't do both. No, yeah, and I love that you did that. Like, I've never done that, and now I'm like, holy shit, I would love to do that. And I'm the exact same way. It's, I love to see, so a term that I've been using with clients when evaluating sales processes, because we're trying to understand your sales process so that we can build a campaign to sales meetings, is systematically building trust, okay? Because, like, in a competitive industry, the perception of a lot of buyers is like, hey, everybody, all these people do the same thing right? And so in order for you to break through the noise and get the meeting, and then even once it further close the sale, you look at all of the core ways that they may have distrust in your type of business model or your type of service or your industry. And then you're systematically looking to basically build trust around those like actual specific pain points for them. And guess what? One of the best ways to do that like we've discussed many times is video, right? Yep. And video is one of just like the greatest ways right now, because it's just, what I don't know, what else can you do? It's the most engaging form of interaction besides actually interacting to, yeah. with a person one-to-one. And it's, a, and it's a multiplier, right? If we do a video of you and you talk to, you speak to your prospects, we can go send that video out to 10,000 prospects. You didn't have to say the same thing 10,000 times. And that has been, like we talked about in the beginning, one of the greatest ways that you can systematically build trust and you can evaluate, hey, what are my most common objections in my sales process? Okay, I can build, we can, like you talked to me about, we can build content around these things. What yep. are your clients, what would you love your clients to tell your prospects? So instead of you doing the selling, you can do a video case story and your clients can do the selling for you. So like that stuff is just, it's so incredibly powerful. And like you and I know this, obviously. And guess what? A lot of, I think, entrepreneurs, they claim to know this. But the question is not, do you know this? Are you executing on this? Are you leveraging video? Are you leveraging cold outreach? Are you leveraging this knowledge that you have? And, you're, and have you proven to yourself, literally proven to yourself, that it does work, not just, oh yeah, I was sold these things, so I know it works. It's okay, but are you monetizing what you know? Because it, it really does take things to another level. That's why these guys that you've talked to have closed so easily, because by the time they talk to you, they've already listened to you for an hour or two hours or whatever it is, even 10 mm -hmm. minutes watching videos. So they feel like they already know you. Yeah, no, it's, you're, yeah, definitely <laughs> video works, but I think this way of delivering is so important is because it's so pinpointed and it's people on LinkedIn for business and you know who you're sending it to and you're hand sending it to them and you know when they've seen it and you can re-deliver it. And so I want to talk a little bit about your process because obviously it works. You're making six and seven figures regularly for clients using your outbound process. What's the process of working with you? You don't have to give away all the secret sauce, but I want a little taste of the secret sauce. 
<laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so here's what we do. So in terms of process, the way it works is like I was saying earlier, like we have this onboarding process where we go through a questionnaire and we try to go a little bit deeper than probably most questionnaires go. We schedule an interview to really interview you on that questionnaire and really try to we want our team to feel like they're a part of your team because we will become the tip of the spear for your team. We're in the market every single day trying to drum up new business. And we want it to come from a place of really understanding who you are. Okay. I would say we've got a very tight onboarding process and then we build out all the tech and all that fun stuff. Campaigns go live. Uh, typically like you've seen most clients get like five to 10 new sales meetings right away, like within the first 30 days. And I think that in itself just is a testament to like our understanding of what's proven to work. But, and then we, I don't, we just keep, but we consistently refine it. We get better and we get more and more like you will see, like we can actually scale that volume up. Like we were talking about before we started shooting, but in terms of process, here's the high level. And I think that one of the most common objections we get when we talk to prospects is, and I'm sure you could relate to this prior to working with me. And, and you've also probably heard this because I know that you network with a lot of other entrepreneurs. They say, oh, we've tried outbound and it didn't work. You know, it just, it doesn't work. We tried it, it failed. It, we just pissed a bunch of people off or whatever people say, it didn't work. And what we did was we designed our services in a very contrarian fashion. And the way we did that was we looked at all of the ways that these types of campaigns can fail, okay? Yeah. And so by understanding the breaking points, now we can proactively design for the highest probability of success, one, and then two, when things aren't going right, we know the core levers and we know which ones to look at. And so now we can actually impact positive change and get the results that we want. So I'll give them to you. There's four core components of these campaigns. And these are now, obviously, there's a lot more to this, but these are the core fundamentals that make or break the campaign. If any one of these four fundamentals is off, campaign results can go to zero. And that's why I think so many people fail with outbounds. So this is what they are. And they're very common sense. If you understand B2B sales and marketing, mm -hmm. it's very straightforward, but there's nuance in each of them. And that's what people get wrong. Okay. So first one is very straightforward. It's just targeting. You have to target the types of people that you actually want to do business with, right? Simple. Makes sense. There's nuance to how we build targeting, but at the end of the day, targeting is number one. If you're not targeting people that you could actually sell to, you will never sell to anybody. Number two is messaging, okay? As you can probably attest to, and most people can, most of the outbound messages that you receive just aren't that great. They, like I alluded to earlier, they just don't feel trustworthy at all. You have to build messaging that communicates a high value message that makes your prospects feel like they could potentially trust you, too. So one is high value, two is they could potentially trust you, and then three is you have a call to action that's proven to book sales meetings, right? Or in the case we talked about, or at least you're asking for a sales meeting as opposed to just like you're starting up dialogue. So there are an infinite number of ways that you can ask for a meeting. We've tested probably hundreds, but we boiled it down to, okay, here's the top four or five that we use that consistently book meetings. And that's what we're sticking with. So now you can see that there's four fundamentals, but there's an interrelation between each four. So you can see targeting and messaging, very simple. If you've got great targeting, you've got bad messaging, it doesn't matter. You'll get no results 
and vice versa. So you have to have great targeting and great messaging. And that leads us to our third component. Were you going to ask something? Uh, I'm just thinking through. I'm like, I'm taking big notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I thought, okay. So the third one is sending volume. So as we know, sales and marketing are both numbers games to some extent. And let's say you have great targeting and you have great messaging, but you only send out a hundred messages. It doesn't really matter. You're just not going to get that much. So mm-hmm. all of these platforms, LinkedIn, email, any, most forms of cold outreach, even if you have a salesperson, there's a limitation on how much outreach that platform or person can do. And we've designed systems that allow us to send outside of like standardized, uh, the standardized bumpers within the platforms and the standardized amounts that most people know how to send. So now you've got great targeting, you've got great messaging, and you can hit a lot of people up. Now you have the opportunity to generate a consistent flow of high quality sales meetings. But the fourth component was actually the one that was most surprising to us. So this was the one that's very interesting. And I'd actually be curious to hear your thoughts on the experience with this. So the fourth one is, if you get the first three, the natural output of the system is people saying, hey, Ian, I'd love to talk. I'd like to meet with you about what you do. It's like you start getting, we just call them positive replies. They're people who now know what you do and they want to meet with you about it because they're very interested in your services. And so the fourth component is how you book those sales meetings. Because what we found out way back when we initially started was we would just let clients respond however they wanted. And I'd talk to a client who'd been working with us for six months and I'd say, hey, we got you a hundred sales meetings. How'd they go? And they'd be like, oh no, I didn't get a hundred meetings. I only booked 10 of those. And we'd be like, how's that possible? We had a hundred people say, let's schedule a call. And so what we found out is there is a very specific way to book these sales meetings, to maximize the conversion rate, to get them on people's calendars. And what it comes down to is this, and it's very simple. Most people are selling to either owners and CEOs and like high level owners of companies, or if you're targeting really big companies, you're selling to like executives, you're selling to the C-suite, you're selling to VPs or directors, et cetera. Like all of us, like those people are very busy. They're not just sitting around waiting for their next sales meeting. Even if they have a need, they still have other people trying to sell them probably very similar services or the same services. And what happens is what we found that most clients tried to do to book the meetings are two things. One is they would send their calendar link and they would say, hey, so-and-so, just schedule here at your convenience. Business owners and executives do not like that. They don't want to be your secretary. Sending them a calendar link has very low conversion rates to booked calls, and that is a very big reason why a lot of outbound campaigns fail. The second one they would do is traditional classic sales, asking for availability, either just saying, hey, how does next week look, being open-ended availability, or the more traditional cold call closing method where you say, hey, I've got 2 p.m. on Wednesday and I've got 10 a.m. on Tuesday. Which one of those work better for you? What we found is most of those things, those are better than the sending the calendar link. They still don't have the best the best conversion process. So we developed a strategy that we teach our clients, we train you on it, we coach you on it so you can execute it. And then for some clients, we actually just book the meetings for you, depending on the services. And we've devised the best way to convert these people into sales meetings that you actually run. But that was the most surprising one to me because it's like, you think, okay, I did everything right. I've got great targeting messaging and I'm sending. And a lot of people are saying they want to meet with me. Now I've struck gold, I'm good to go. And that's not the case. You have to have a proven process 
for locking down the sales meetings or you still won't get them locked down on the calendar. I, I, that methodology is a game changer, right? It's because also we've had some people reschedule too. And we'd usually go, here's a couple of times. It's not that they don't want to. It's just, I probably have five things that I missed scheduling this week that someone sent that I wanted to schedule. And I have two people running my scheduling, but I just didn't forward it to them or I felt bad. And I'm like, oh, but if someone says, hey, I'm going to schedule it for this time, that's great. You can always reschedule it. You can deny it, whatever. Um, But I think it's such, it's a fantastic methodology. It is. It's a great methodology you have there. And I can't see, I, I think- we probably have the most difficult industry to do it in marketing because there's so many marketers out there doing this in some, in in a bad way. So it's giving people a bad taste in their mouth, but these other industries like it and tech, I think it's just such a no brainer for them. It's super smart. And then you throw on top of it, the social media marketing. That's another thing too, because I think I know people are watching the videos, right? But we do that. And then they go watch the rest of our videos on YouTube and then they come back. And it's yeah. so they're not a pure cold lead anymore, but I'm not starting yeah. with watch this video because then they're just annoyed. I'm like, Hey, do you want this? And then they go watch it. I think it's those subtle differences that makes this campaign work. Yeah. Yeah. And you're building the trust, but you're also, you're edu- you're pre-educating your prospects and you're then given that context of your, essentially you're introducing yourself, you're educating them, you're demonstrating what you do, all of these things simultaneously. Now you're really, you're really qualifying. You're using essentially automation to pre-qualify because when people see all that stuff, a lot of them, if they're not a great fit, they'll disqualify themselves. And then you're, and then you're also doing what you were indirectly alluding to is like, you're bringing them into your universe of all of your digital assets and your web presence. And so even if they're not ready now, six months from now, when they are ready, like you may have made a deeper impression on them than the other guys who just didn't bring them into their universe like you did. 100%. Uh, I love that. We have people come back to us all the time and say, oh yeah, we spoke to your team six months ago. Now I'm ready to go. And it's like, how many people hit them up over the past six months and they came back to us? Or in your case, you'll see they come back to you. It's the same thing. I love it. I love it. If you're thinking about outbound, you definitely need to talk to Rob, especially in a B2B space. I think everyone should be talking to him. If you have a client value over $5,000, you need to talk to him. And I think you made a good point. I like the word high value versus high ticket too. I think you, because you've got to bring value to that person and they bring value to you. They're not a ticket. You're not a show. You're building a relationship. But Rob, so the best way to get in touch with you, tell us about a little bit about contact pro group. Our website is contactpromarketing.com. One of the best ways to to find me is just type in Rob Hochstein on LinkedIn. I know the last name is a little bit of a mouthful, but it's Rob, H-O-C-H-S-T-E-I-N. Look me up on LinkedIn. The company is called Contact Pro Group. You can also Google us. And those are the best ways to reach me. Awesome. Awesome. We'll put all those links in the show notes. Rob, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. Yeah, absolutely, man. I had a blast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I can talk to Rob all day about this stuff. It's fun. Thank you all for (laughs) taking Rob and I on your journey. This is Benign Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Make sure to give Rob a call. Video. You know what will make you an authority? 
you know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow I and Garlic on Facebook. Facebook.